0: Hello guys, welcome back. We are recording here today on lovely Friday. Um, We have some fun things for you. We're going to be talking about codependency. I think this has been requested by you guys, honestly, because we've heard has, yeah. Yeah, I think people so. ask questions about it.
1: And it's necessary, too, so yeah. whoever requested it,
0: yeah. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not only do we have our personal experiences <laughs> with codependency, but we talk about it a lot professionally.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot.
0: It's really common. It mm-hmm. comes
1: up a lot in marriages. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think, like, intimate <laughs> relationships, but yeah. but as we talk about it, you'll see it's kind of, like, Almost in any relationship. Yeah. Um, and yeah.
1: it only... It's more apparent in mm-hmm. the ones, but it's...
0: I think, well. like, anything, you see things way more in your, like, yeah. romantic relationships. Yes. You yeah, can't probably. hide. <laughs> you right. You just can't hide as much.
1: Right. It's all out there in the open. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but before we dive into that, I have a really...
1: We need a little sound effect for our question. I know. I wish we had like like a a a song or
0: something. This is going to sound like bangs. (laughs) (laughs) People are going to be like, oh, my
1: ears. (laughs) This is the drum roll leading up to our fun question.
0: I feel like... We should say (laughs) we are recording a little bit differently, so like be aware of that, but like hey, you still get to hear our voices. So (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. It might
2: the quality might be
0: a little bit different than usual. Yeah. Sorry if there's like a weird buzzing, but I mean our voices will make up for it because they are soothing and beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Ooh, that's a song I haven't heard in a while. I like it. Back to two (laughs) thousand (laughs) ten. My years. Um, What you got, Grace? Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Question (laughs) of the day. Um, So, I thought this question was really fun. What was your biggest fashion regret
2: mm-hmm. in your life mm. or how
0: this question phrases it is what is your biggest fashion disaster Ooh. but I feel like mm. I like regret because that could be like a season of wearing certain things or like wow. looking a certain way would have been middle, school at some <laughs> middle school that's where <laughs> I immediately went to oh my goodness uh, like,
2: some yeah, bad choices I, were made in
0: 2009 uh huh I hear that uh, yeah, can we talk about like um, middle school look of like hair to the side, like ponytail mm-hmm. to the side, and like rainbow colorful scrunchies, oh my God. like bright mm-hmm. colors. I mean that's
2: cool again, like wearing bright colors.
0: But scrunchies. I feel like their
2: scrunchies are cuter
0: than when.
1: It's different enough. It's a yeah. similar style, but there's just a little bit of a difference to it. To it's a it little cool more like versus... boho
0: than like yeah. when I was in middle school. Yeah.
2: Oh, I remember. It used to be cool to wear, like, leggings with, like, a skirt over it. And then, like, a chunky belt. Yes, that's my yes. worst decision. How old
1: were you when you wore that? Oh, I wore that. Twelve? Twelve? Okay, that was, like, senior year for me. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> When you were saying that, I was, like, I started realizing, like, oh, no, she means, like, definitely middle school. And I'm, like, that, that was my high school style. Oh, like, my That word, was for yeah. sure. <laughs> like, high school, college. Well, are that different much. in age, right? How old are you? I'm 26. Yeah, I'm 30. I'll be 32 in a few months. So. <gasps> that's six years. So, that's six years. Right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, never so, that would make that sense together. that when I'm
2: 12, you're yep. 18. Yep.
1: So, <laughs> I'm 28. Okay. That's
0: four years, right? Yeah. Okay, so six, four... And me.
1: And you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, going back to middle school, which obviously is different than y'all's middle school... um. Okay, see, yeah, I didn't have many fashion disasters because I was not fashion forward at all. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. take any chances. Like, I was very much just, like, basic Aeropostale t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Like, basic jeans. Those were the days. Um, yeah. But the jeans I'm thinking of were the wide leg mm-hmm. carpenter jeans with a yeah. little hammer belt oh, thing. <laughs> little hammer hook. Oh. I yes. loved those. <laughs> um, you worked then, it, Wendy. I just know oh, it. I did. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I did. Oh, my gosh, no. No. Real school money <laughs> didn't work anything. Um, <laughs> oh, please. And then, like, the hair, like, kind of frizzy, but, like, I would just, like, put it... <laughs> I'm trying to show it. Um, put it in a ponytail and, like, just, like, pull it really tight. Oh. And, like, slick. So it would be, like, slick, but not, like, nice, because it still have frizzies. Yeah. But just, like, tight, and there was nothing... Yeah. I so know what you mean. Yeah. Did you guys
2: scrunch your hair? Or you guys have pretty straight hair, so maybe you didn't. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My hair
0: is very different day to day. Like, there are days where it feels curly, a day where it feels wavy,
1: and days where it feels like, I don't know what the heck it's doing. But most of the time, I try to make it straight. Can we go home, find pictures of ourselves. No, no. Oh. Guys. Please oh and post them on our Instagram. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I need to go find some of my little school Oh, I hate, oh man, I hate this question now. I hate this question. We're all doing it. We're all doing it. It's not just you. A
0: fun, innocent thing we just talked no, about, not. but now there's going to be visuals. There's going to be pictures.
1: Because you guys be need to me. see my hair. I don't know if I have any of the jeans, because I'm thinking more like yearbook pictures. Um... But yeah, you guys need to see my hair the in like fall. sixth yes. grade. Yes, I yeah, I do. want to see your guys' pictures. Yeah. I do not want
0: to post mine,
2: oh,
1: but I'll goodness. do it. You will because <laughs> I'm a good sport. So what's your fashion? I
0: feel like I just didn't have a great style and was like Same. too much of a tomboy, but like also secretly like wanted I had a camera belt, so
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you did. Um, but like still secretly wanted to be like super beautiful and mm-hmm. like still had all these insecurities. Yeah, so. I just, like, tried to, like, look good but didn't have a style. And so, like, that's very evident from, like, junior high to, like, senior year. Mm -hmm. It's funny because Derek and I had, like, our 10-year reunion with uh, high school friends recently. And we were looking at, like, our yearbook. Um, And, like, everyone looks, like, pretty decent and okay. Like, you know, it's like, oh, we're all babies. And they, like, kind of look, like, you know, pretty, like, presentable. And then, like, I look at my picture and it's, like... Girl, what were you thinking? Oh. The way you're wearing that scarf and the tassels on that scarf, mm. and like my hair was up and like not even done, and like
2: um, oh my gosh, that's my, the Grace look though. You make it cute just because Grace did it. It's cute. Here you go. Don't think so, but thank you. That's very gracious of you. Um,
0: and I uh, had like kind of like a, like a like a real vibe with my eyebrows. <laughs> like I at oh, that point was like shaving my eyebrows because no. i didn't like uh uh tweezing them it was supposed like, to be
1: like pencil mark eyebrows back yeah. when i was in high school and like stuff really like really like literally just a pencil Oh boy. but i wasn't
0: even doing that like they were still really mm. thick but like they look like tiny little mustaches <laughs> above my eyes
2: oh, <laughs> oh great. <laughs> Like, can we get a picture? Yes, yeah. we'll get a picture.
0: <laughs> and honestly, oh it wasn't until like towards the end of high school where I was like, I should really like figure out my look and like get better at this. And I feel like it's taken ten years for
1: me to get better at it. Can I you admit, know? I I don't think I've ever like figured out my look. Like to me that's still just like it's hard. I have shirts and pants and I wear them. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I can dressed I'm not naked. Like, that's why. <laughs> It's just practical. I buy what's cheap, and what can pass is, like, a work shirt or, like, play shirt. What can pass?
0: That sounds like hashtag mom life,
1: though. But it's been my whole life. Well, take the excuse.
2: Take the excuse. It works. I feel like Pinterest has been everything, because, Mm. like, you don't have to, like, buy a magazine in the store or anything like that anymore. You can just, like, quick hop on Pinterest, see what's popular, Mm. and then, like, if you like it wear it and you yeah. can kind of like try different things mm-hmm. and like cool aesthetics yeah that's wise and that's why I don't wear <laughs> yeah. leggings with skirts anymore yeah. that's what made me No, I'm not gonna lie I kind of missed that a
0: little bit because there was something really comfortable about it like for comfort things it was like I'm just wearing leggings with like something yeah. over top so okay yeah or
2: like tunics that was really cool as well yeah. tunics instead of skirts
1: so, Candice, when you first said that, that, like, your fashion disaster was leggings and skirts, me and my thirtiness was like, isn't that still a thing? Like, no. I thought that's still... Oh, like, honey. I don't wear it. I yeah. haven't worn it, but, like, I thought that was... I wouldn't have classified that as, like, long gone.
0: <laughs> it's long gone.
1: I still try to
0: get away, not with that. <laughs> no, I love it, though. I love it. I do. And this is, like,
1: hardcore I, still, I <laughs> yeah, I'm not still, at all. You're
2: allowed to judge. No, right. I'm not judging I know all you're not, but funny. if you were,
1: I wouldn't care. Because um, <laughs> well, I still that. kind of, like, consider myself in, like, the, the nearly post-high school age. <laughs> and I know I'm not, but, like, when I think about, like, fashion stuff like this, mm-hmm. like, so that to me was high school style, so, like, it's still kind of a thing, Yeah. You know?
0: Well, okay. Yeah. I know you're you're saying you're like still struggling to figure figure out your style. Yeah. But I think I have mine. I think. Yeah. If we were to like flip you this a, question yeah. around, I think it's like, it's like some version of boho. Like I yeah. think that's okay. usually what I'm doing. Yeah. If I'm not wearing my flannel and leggings, it's some sort <laughs> of. You're not boho. lumberjack.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lumberjack to boho. That's the spectrum yeah. that I'll that's use. No, you do because you Got you it.
1: have like, the, those like flowy pants. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of flowy pants and yeah. kind of the blazer sort of thing. Sometimes,
0: like my professional look is a little like,
1: bit yeah, but <laughs> but it's not a it's not a prof- like <laughs> now it's not a professional blazer, but it's not like a suit coat blazer. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's more like a boho kind of yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I, yeah, think, I think I enjoy that look because it can be cute, casual, and comfy. Yeah. And mm. that is my goal in life. Yeah.
2: Mm. And even you have, like, your prettier dresses. Yes. Like, when you wear dresses. dresses. Yeah. Like, that's, like, your I thing. That's the Wendy style. There you go.
1: Why do you say <laughs> it like that? The look. Because it doesn't feel like a st- a whole style to me. It's just, like, I have dresses and I wear them. Well, <laughs> we're in a sack,
2: so it's a style. <laughs> okay.
1: Or or um, skirt with leggings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Oh, you know, well, that's funny.
1: Okay, bring we got to we got to move on.
0: Almost eleven Ooh. minutes later, and oh gosh. we're talking we about our fashion. So well, there you go. What I want to know, guys, we're gonna probably put this in our Instagram stories or something. We want to know your fashion disasters. Please yes. tell us, <laughs> men and women, because men, we know you didn't care in junior high, but we want to know what you. I'm gonna like. out
1: my husband on here. Ooh. I don't know if there's a better term for them these days, but we call them white theaters. <gasps> oh, yeah. He was king of the ribbed white tank top. I
0: remember this that, in yeah. high
1: school and everyone thought that was so yes. cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Anywho, so anyway. we want to know guys. <clears throat> we want to know. Codependency. Yeah, what we're here to actually talk about, um, we want to talk about codependency and Wendy's going to tell us a little bit yeah. about you know, some facts about
1: it. I'm going to teach you what codependency is. The term codependency, it's a very, um, I don't know what, No, not umbrella term, but it's it's broad. I think there's a lot that can encompass, mm-hmm. a, a lot that codependency encompasses, but it mainly refers to an unhealthy mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual reliance on a partner, friend, or family member. That is a very broad definition, I guess, isn't it? So, right. Um, the term was coined in the 50s in AA programs to describe those who enabled or rescued partners with addiction. What's an AA program? Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So, or
0: Al-Anon, Al-Anon. Which is like um, help for those who have a uh, family member yes. with addiction. Yes. Oh, I've never for heard the of loved Al-Anon. Al-Anon before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really awesome. They're tight-knit people, I tell you what.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one drastic example that I use often to describe codependency is like a wife who's married to an alcoholic. So he, let's say he's out drinking every night. He gets home really late. He oversleeps every day. Every morning, she wakes him up. She gets him up, gets him ready, gets him to work so that he doesn't experience the natural consequences of his drinking. So Mm -hmm. naturally, if she was not rescuing him and being codependent, um, he would probably get fired because he'd be late for work. He'd show up drunk. He wouldn't show up at all. And he'd probably get fired. But she is taking that. She's being codependent and making sure that he gets to work
0: Mm -hmm.
1: on time. Um, Obviously, not being codependent affects the, the partner. Like it has great effects. So if he didn't go to work, if he got fired, there'd be financial repercussions. That's not easy. Mm -hmm. Don't overlook that. But, um, that's like a, a kind of drastic classic codependent.
0: Yeah. And I think that's like where that the term was coined in those drastic examples. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then now it's like, so that's where it started and now it's kind of developed a little bit more into the emotional, spiritual, mental part too, not just physical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone who is codependent needs to rescue to feel okay. Mm -hmm. So it it is tied in with their identity. It's a sense Mm -hmm. of like, if I am not making sure that you're okay, then I am not okay. Yeah,
0: like physically, emotionally, you just Mm -hmm. don't feel okay in your body if you're not rescuing.
1: Yeah, or just the the mental self-talk of like, I'm worthless because I'm not saving someone, Mm -hmm. kind of. Or, like, it's my
0: fault, There are consequences, because I could have done something.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, identity is a good word. We'll get into that yes. later.
1: I think identity and codependency are very, mm-hmm. very tight. Yep. Codependency is not a diagnosis, but there are disorders from the DSM that contribute to codependency, a lot of anxiety and depressive disorders, personality disorders, like dependent personality disorder.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can see, like, a lot of, you know, potential disorders going with that, but mm-hmm. there is no diagnosis. It's just it's just more something that we see in relationships or attachments. Mm-hmm.
1: Um but yeah. I want to give another example that's a little bit more benign that might our listeners might relate to a little bit more. Let's say there's a couple dating, engaged, married and um they've worked themselves into a place where they don't have many friends individually or as a couple and they're pretty much together all the time just the two of them. And um Codependency can come out in, if I'm not with you, if I'm not, if I'm by myself at any point in time, I just, I don't know who I am. Yeah. I don't know what I'm interested in. I don't know who my friends are outside of you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't have any hobbies. I don't have any interests. I don't feel okay doing things on my own Yeah. because you are my identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so dangerous because we cannot have any other person be our identity. Yeah.
0: Yeah
1: there's a little bit more of a realistic working example of Mm -hmm.
0: codependency yeah and it's like um security blanket
1: almost yeah Mm -hmm. yeah grace um you had talked about the well you didn't talk about in the podcast but with candace and i before you talked about the giver and the taker roles in codependency can you explain that and what Mm -hmm. that means
0: yeah, um, as we're going to keep talking about, codependency can show up in all people, all types of relationships, for all sorts of reasons, um, but uh, typically there is a circular relationship where one person is predominantly the taker, and one person is predominantly the giver. Mm-hmm. Um, both depend and rely on each other to feel fulfilled, or to feel a sense of satisfaction, feel okay. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes, like I said, these roles are pretty concrete, um, but sometimes they're fluid and people can take turns being the taker and the giver. And honestly, I think I see that more than not that there's like a fluidity in like romantic relationships where, you know, most of the time I'm the taker here and other times I'm the taker here. Mm -hmm. And you're the giver here and you're the giver there. I think it
1: just depends on like what the situation or the circumstance is. Yeah. I think in addictive relationships it might be more concrete. Mm-hmm. The giver and taker roles might be more concrete and more just relational, emotionally codependent relationships, it gives and takes.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's spot on. Yeah. Um because there usually has to be like a taker um and there has to be a giver um in a relationships where there's addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so, like, yeah, like we're saying, sometimes they're concrete, uh sometimes they're fluid, uh, but ultimately it creates an imbalance of responsibility or power, often at the expense of the giver, so like whatever the situation is, or if you're predominantly the giver, there's usually a heavy expense, heavy toll there, um so, what is the giver, what is the taker? what does that look like? Um, I don't know, guys, what do you see as the giver and and why they
1: Need to give to feel satisfied. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Sorry. Can... I'd say the giver would be someone, the person who n- needs to feel needed mm. to have identity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you don't need me, if I'm not taking care of you, if I don't need to take care of you, and that's not just physically taking care of, that can be emotionally attending to needs. Relating to someone, um then I am not, I don't have as much worth if I don't need to be needed.
2: Yeah. Mm, you're like, yeah. you're worth as much as you do. Yeah. Mm, basically. In the relationship. Yeah. Which is tough then, because I guess I'm thinking like, if you're kind of like, if like you're a mom and you're a giver and you give and you give and give, and then your kids grow up and they move out of the house what is left of you like that's a really tough position
1: to be in that's
0: a great point because I feel like a lot of people are faced with that Mm -hmm.
1: so codependent that's a good point Candice codependency can show up in parent-child relationships Mm -hmm. absolutely all types of relationships and that's Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot in there too marriage and parent-child
0: mm-hmm
1: yeah So if that's like the identity, like I'm the
0: giver, I need to be needed to feel Mm -hmm. okay, to feel fulfilled Yeah. or, you know, even just to feel connected. Like if I'm not needed, then we're not connected. We Mm -hmm. don't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, If you keep feeding into that, then when you have disconnect or when you're not needed, it's going to be really almost depressive and lonely Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Those are great points.
1: And then the taker, I'd say, is the person who needs to be around the other person in order to have any sort of identity Mm -hmm. or needs to be in contact with, needs to be getting things, getting things, getting affirmation, consequences removed, like Mm -hmm. being taken care of. Yeah. um, um, Yes. I'm trying to think if there's a better way to say that, but. No, I think that's
0: far taken. Yeah. Just like I have to have things taken care of for me or I can't do things by myself. Like mm-hmm. a victim mentality down yeah. to the core. Well yeah. I, lo- I love I love that you said that, that because when it. we talk about identity later, I think we'll probably bring this up again. But yeah. like there's certainly like a belief of like I am powerless mm-hmm. um and that like victim sense of helplessness, right? Like yeah. I can't do this, I'm not capable enough. There's certainly those beliefs. And so they need other people to almost be like a body double, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. make them do things, help them do things or take away consequences for them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's probably good to think through, I don't know, what maybe you relate to more, the giver or the taker. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I can definitely be both. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in a lot of my relationships, I can be the giver. Um, uh, Certainly like, you know, growing up or like certain things in high school, I could be the giver. But when it comes to my lovely (laughs) husband, I tend to be the taker a lot. And, Mm -hmm. like, he's been really good at, like, you know, kind of stripping away that and, like, empowering me and, like, helping me to be, you know, truly more capable instead of, like, uh, maybe unhealthily reliant on him Mm -hmm. for stuff. So it also helps that, like, I, you know, know a lot about this stuff and can, like, challenge, but um, truly in action, it's been helpful for Tech to be like, nope that's on you and mm-hmm. you can do it and you're capable yeah. his phrase is like you're brave and strong oh, uh-huh. you're brave, you're brave oh, and strong I'm you got so this so you can do it i think he got that from his wonderful mom Dora Lee. Oh, um which i really like it's a good it's a good little you're mantra brave and strong. Mm-hmm. it's good
1: yeah i can see that in myself like being the giver um especially in high school college young adult years i I love to be needed. I love when people came to me and were like, can you help me with something? Or like, Mm -hmm. can you help me work through something? That's kind of what brought me into the counseling field anyway. Like I liked being there for my friends and I liked giving, lending an ear and giving advice and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is part of personality is part of gifting. Yeah. So it's important to kind of separate those, like it's okay to have that gifting and have that part be part of your personality. But when it crosses over into identity mm. and like I am nothing if you don't need me. Yeah. That's when it's codependency.
2: Or like I'm a failure if I'm not helping. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not
1: good enough. I don't have anything to offer if mm. I'm not helping someone. Yeah. But at
2: the same time, like it's all kind of covering up what you really believe about yourself yeah anyway like if you're like good good things yeah with good things like oh if it's like oh if i'm not helping someone else i'm a failure well you already think you're a failure you're just Mm. trying to cover that up or like deal with it Parit it candace i don't know she came ready
1: (laughs) say it louder for the people in the back Can you guys turn your volume up real quick. <laughs> Blast it. <laughs> go back and
2: now play that
0: again. Candice is
1: gonna say it again. Turn your volume up. Right? <laughs> go go
0: go. You said it so like mellow though, but I got goosebumps. I was like, can, <laughs> you, can you actually say it again? No, oh
2: yeah yeah. Um,
0: do you <laughs> already feel like a failure? <laughs> <laughs> no no, that's what you said. <laughs> oh! ah!
1: in that in that <laughs> dialogue and i totally saw kansas's face like oh why, it, what? <laughs> why are you saying i'm like that? nope that's not what she meant okay you guys i,
2: I to... caught it very quickly yeah. wait do i feel like a failure i don't think i feel like a failure
1: <laughs> okay Examine. so the phrase again let's take it back if no one needs me i'm a failure Yeah.
2: So if you're kind of saying, all right, well, I have to help people or I feel like a failure. Well, in reality, you already feel like a failure. You're just trying to cover that up by doing good things for other people. But like at the end of the day, it's going to catch up with you and you're going to feel like a failure Mm -hmm. So address the identity.
1: Yeah, and then the codependency will fade away.
2: Yep. Yeah. Grace did not call me a failure. <laughs> <Thank
1: you. laughs> Candace is not a failure. Yeah.
0: Um, but I think yeah, I think that's really good. You know, when you're examining, like, am I more the giver? Am I the taker? Does that change depending on the relationship mm-hmm. or the situation? What's your motivation to be the giver? To be the taker? And can you be without doing those things? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you need to be. You need to not be giving. You need to not be taking. Mm -hmm. So you need to just be.
2: Has to be a healthy balance, or just vibe, chill out, be okay on your own, relax,
0: rest, say no, Mm -hmm. do things for yourself, take yourself
1: out for dinner, say no to other
2: people, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Why is there a whole thing against taking yourself out to dinner? Like, I feel like codependency. (laughs) (laughs) Taking yourself out. I've had people say that to
1: me, and I don't know. I've never felt like that was a thing.
2: Taking yourself out. No,
1: like the the stigma.
2: Yeah, it, like, is a stigma. Like, sometimes I'll just take myself to get, like, especially if Caleb's working or something, I'll just go get myself something all by myself. why not? Why not? Like, it's kind of fun. I guess I
1: never actually went to, like, a sit-down restaurant by myself.
2: That I haven't done. But, like, to coffee
1: shops and stuff? Like, I'll do that all the time. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. I actually really do love it, though, when, like, you know, when I'm working on codependency with clients... And, we're, you know, I love tapping into what do you think is going to work. Because, like, mm-hmm. you have ideas about work, what works for you. You yeah. know things. I'm going to tap into what you know, your strengths. This is a team effort. Mm-hmm. And sometimes clients will be like, I think I'm just going to go out to eat. Like, I think I'm going to take myself out to dinner, like a sit-down restaurant. And do I'm it. like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do so, it. I mean, like, certainly it feels a little odd. But, like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. That's, yeah. Something, Spend some time with
2: yourself. Yeah. And something that I teach more of my takers I guess is to like clap for themselves like physically Mm. when they do something because like in session if any of my clients listening to this they're aware of this already (laughs) but like when you come in and like you do your homework assignment or like you grow in some way I'm like did you clap for yourself and they're usually like no and I'm like then I'm gonna clap for you (laughs) and then you do it and then you do it so I really encourage them like okay when you're in the real world, like, applaud yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you are able to validate and be excited for you. You don't yeah. always need someone else to do that work for you. That's good.
0: That's good. Is it like a tangible thing, too, it's to remind It's a tangible them?
2: thing. Yeah. yeah, so everybody clap for yourselves
0: when Yay. you grow. right
1: I'm now picturing like myself in the grocery store, like, buying healthy food and not the junk <laughs> food or something. Like, standing in the aisle, like, <laughs> you're go, buddy, good, child, buddy,
0: good job, good job. No, 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 Do a slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, buddy! I did it. Guys, come on, Yoders, get on board. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's just good to examine. What's your motivation, and yeah. and what's contributing to being the giver and the taker? Um, Candice, can you tell us a little bit about uh, something that I think is really important, like your attachment, your relational style, and how that contributes to codependency?
2: Yeah, I feel like Attachment and Codependency really go hand in hand. Do we have a, an episode on yeah, Attachment? Yeah, if
0: you guys have been yeah. following and keeping up with us, we
2: have an episode
0: on Attachment that yeah. should be out before this one. Uh,
2: if it's not out right now. It's not
0: out. We might be releasing it soon. like I think so, Probably yeah. Monday. But So you should have
2: had maybe some time or you heard that already. By the time you hear this episode, it will definitely <laughs> it's be have out. have been out for so, like two yeah. <laughs> So definitely go back. Listen to it, I think it'll pair really, really well with this. Recording mm. time and releasing is very weird for us. Yeah, it's it very is, different from than what you see. Very, very <laughs> different. <in>. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, so in that episode, we talked about like different types of attachment. So like go back and we kind of like explain it all. But if you have something called an insecure attachment style, you're more likely to display and feel codependent patterns. Um. So like if your caregivers were dismissive or negligent, absent or like kind of taught you that you need to act a certain way in order to earn love or approval there's a really good chance that codependent behavior was created there so melody Beatty is the absent of co- is the absent <laughs> <laughs> words are hard words are hard melody Beatty is the author of codependent no more and she kind of teaches that children who feel emotionally abandoned by a parent naturally produce a lot of anxiety around the fear of abandonment through their life um, especially in romantic relationships like they might have a really consistent fear of like I'm going to be abandoned they're mm. going to leave me those types of like really tough feelings yeah. which in turn people who are codependent learn to put the needs of others above their own in order to re- maintain the relationship and that's where we see boundaries go down the toilet just not being able to advocate for yourself and not being mm. able to do what you need to do in order to like be a healthy person yeah um and it sometimes it sounds really good to put the needs of others ahead of yourself. I feel like in the Christian world we hear that yeah. a lot of like oh what is it? Um oh there's a verse. Oh. Oh, there's so many verses. There's so many about like you know,
0: people could say love your neighbor as yourself. Um people Something could like say that. like um
2: oh shoot there's probably a million things in proverbs there's probably a million but like you can't care for others well until you know how to care for yourself
1: i think jesus was a good example of that not in a verse specifically but he'd mm -hmm. often take time away Mm -hmm. he'd go away by himself Mm -hmm. yeah and being god he didn't have to do that he could have tapped into his godhood and yeah no but he was fully fully man and fully god and he chose to
0: he always did things Take according to, like, what he needed to do, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think about the story with, like, Lazarus. Like, I think we talked about it in this on um, this podcast before, but, like, he could have chosen a different route that would have, like, made more sense to get to Lazarus quickly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for those of you who know the story, Lazarus was dead, and Jesus um, was told that he was dead and could have gotten to him more quickly. But he chose to wait three days according to the route that he was taking, and, like, no one understood that, and people were mad at him for that. Mm-hmm. But he got there when he got there because that's what he had planned to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he still felt a lot of emotions, but then he still healed. So, like, he wasn't being pushed or, like, bullied by, like, a fear of what other people think. Um, but he was following what God told him to do. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: think of, like, other verses, um, like Galatians 1.10. The, you know, above Galatians 1.10, Paul's talking about, you know, the gospel, but I like this verse for like recovering people pleasing or recovering codependency is Galatians one ten says, for am I now serving um, God or am I now a servant of man? If I was still a servant of man, I would not be a servant of God. really like that because it's like, I'm not putting my fear of man and like fear of man leaving me or rejecting me or what they think about me. If they're judging me, I'm not putting that over who I serve and who God says I am. Um, I love Galatians one ten. It's a good one to really convict you to say, like, am I serving man right now? Am I being a servant of man or am I being a servant of God in what I'm doing and how I'm acting? Um, and yeah, another verse that I go to is 2 um, Corinthians. I think it's 2 Corinthians nine seven, And we've talked about this before, but it's, Do not give reluctantly and do not give compulsively, but give what you've decided in your heart. So it's very intentional to decide and be mindful of. For God loves a cheerful giver. Mm -hmm. So it's a a spectrum that I've done with a lot of clients. If you're listening to this, you know it. Heyo. But um, the spectrum I write on my whiteboard is reluctant and compulsive. Mm -hmm. And like, what does it mean to be a cheerful giver? Like that balance of intentional decision making. Rather than like compulsively or out of obligation, like interacting and giving, you know, taking or giving (laughs) almost um, with other people. So those are some good verses Um, to go back to. If you think like just giving and giving of yourself continually is like the Christian thing to do. I think we're debunking that myth a little bit and saying like, no, sure, it looks good and it looks really Jesus filled. But like, is your heart behind it? is that being motivated by God Mm -hmm. um and sorry if that convicts you a little bit
2: but like also hopefully that brings some freedom for you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that's a really good thing to just like think about and evaluate within yourself for sure yeah yeah Yeah. so let's get a little bit more into what like codependency looks like on a grand scale yeah I have a
0: picture that I've done with a lot of people, but like I will also draw this on my whiteboard um, of like three different sets of circles. Mm-hmm. So for I'll tell you one set of those circles for codependency is two circles, but I shade them in so much that they look like one circle. And what I have people think through is like, what do you think are the pros and cons of this type of circle? And it's like super connected, Um, really emotionally attached but like the cons are is you've lost your sense of self because the two circles now are one and you cannot see that there are two different circles anymore Um, so I think that's like a little visual for you and we'll probably link a picture so you can see it but we have some like points of what it looks like Um, yeah one thing is denying your own needs Even basic self-care. That's a really big thing.
1: It can also look like compulsively, anxiously, trying to focus on helping others. This is for the givers, if you tend to be more of a giver than a taker. Um, Focusing on the needs of other people, meeting those needs compulsively. That's a key word there. Mm -hmm. It's not just out of selflessness or wanting to help, but compulsively helping.
2: Yeah. So compulsively needing people in order to do things or to feel okay is also a sign of codependency so that's more for the taker. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I think a huge thing is like constantly seeking approval and validation from others. Um, It's almost like anxiously asking like is this okay? Am I okay? What do you think about this? Um, Or maybe even like explaining yourself too much like well I just did this because I thought this would be great and you know like x y and z and you're constantly like explaining yourself to people where you really didn't need to you could really just say like yeah i chose this for myself and no one has to really validate that for it to be okay Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's one thing that we see a lot is that seeking approval and validation from others and i often find myself having to like really challenge like even non-verbals like if people aren't non-verbally responding to me Mm -hmm. Or if their, like, facial expressions are a little harder and they're not nodding. I'm like, you know what? They're still hearing me. They're still tracking with me. It's okay. Like, I don't have to be hyper vigilant about their body language for me to,
1: like, talk um, to people. So keep that in mind as well. Mm -hmm. Judging or criticizing yourself is also a symptom of codependency.
2: Um... So, people-pleasing also really shows up in codependent behavior along with, like, passive-aggressive communication or, like, avoidance and avoidance of conflict. So, like, all of these things kind of can be squished together into, like, you trying to just save the relationship rather than, like, actually making it healthy. You just, like, want it to look um, solid even though it actually feels quite fragile to you. Mm -hmm. Or you're trying to, like, protect
1: or preserve something for yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, building walls, in
1: a sense, with those things. Being a martyr and then building resentment is a big one, too. The idea of, I will do things for you. I will lay down my life for you. I will take the worst thing. I will do what I don't want to for you. But it's not out of a fully sacrificial heart, it then breeds resentment, like, Well, I did all this for you, so mm-hmm. you better be mm-hmm. happy. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: it really comes with like strings attached. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I sacrificed, yeah. and now I have the worst victim yeah. mentality. Yeah, yeah,
0: like rescue or victim dance, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so like, you know, that can be also sound like, um, like I do all these things for all these people, and they never appreciate me, and they never care, and they never mm. notice and they all these never statements, right? And Then it's like, stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's also like, you know, no one else would ever do these things. Yeah. I have to do it all. And it's like, yeah. no, you really don't. And yeah. you need to challenge these things in order to be, like, a happier, healthier person. Mm-hmm. And I get it.
1: It's hard. But either continue doing the same things and change your heart and do it out of, I expect nothing in return from anyone, and I'm doing this to bless others mm-hmm. or change your actions. Stop doing the things mm-hmm. and let other people pick up stuff. Yeah. That's enabling too. Yeah. Absolutely, you're just enabling other people to continue in taking from you. Yeah, because that's what they expect now. Because that's what you always do, mm-hmm. and that's not up to them to change their gratitude. That's up to you to change. Yeah, you're enabling. Yeah. You
0: really set the tone for how people treat you and what how they respond to you. It's true. Um, so I always ask the question like what role do you play in getting what you want and need? Mm-hmm. Okay and the last part that we say is what this looks like is like just letting people disadvantage you like letting them walk over you kind of being a mm-hmm. doormat and letting it happen and not speaking up. So something that we keep talking about is like or we I think we said this before is like it is natural and it's sometimes like a personality thing to want to give mm-hmm. um, and to enjoy being needed um, but what we want to talk about is why is codependency unhealthy what makes it unhealthy so Candace,
2: would you share that with us yeah so everyone has a loved one and like you can feel responsible for those loved ones and like mm-hmm. everyone at some point has needed someone else to help them however like codependency doesn't really refer to like all caring behavior it's more Mm -hmm. like when that behavior gets to an excessive or like unhealthy degree because it strips people of their identity so basically with codependency someone's identity becomes contingent upon someone else like if you need like your best friend to need you this is codependency Mm -hmm. if you need your husband to always be around or, like, do something in particular for you, that is codependency 110%. Um, So Dr. Excelbert, I think that's how you... (laughs) Yeah, you got it. That's how you pronounce it. Hi, I'm Dr. Excelbert. That's kind of fun. I I (laughs) Excelbert. Well, he says that responsibility for relationships with others needs to coexist with responsibility to self. Isn't that good? And that's really good. I'm going to put it on a poster. Can we say it again? Responsibility for relationships with others needs to coexist with responsibility to self. That's really good. You should have it's turned mutual. your volume up
1: before you can't yeah. that again. But, uh, yeah, turned it up. That is so good. Yeah. It's because very you still mutual. have responsibility to relationships. You still have responsibility to give to people, to serve, to love people. Mm-hmm. But you also have responsibility to self. Yeah. Absolutely. You have responsibility to self. I really like that quote. Yeah.
0: It's a good one. You guys could get a tattoo, you know, put it on a t shirt, you know
1: totally getting tattoos <laughs> to it. Yeah. So there can be a sneaky side of codependency. <laughs> when you start working on codependency, I, I see a lot of people swinging. So pendulum, you know, pendulum is one side is codependency. The other side is independency mm-hmm. and the balance in the middle is interdependency. So when you start working on codependency, it's very easy to swing to the other side of like I don't need anyone I can I only rely on myself I take care of all of my needs um I don't need emotions I'm going to disconnect swinging into perfectionism and I need to do everything perfect um judging self and others expecting others to be independent You know, you need to be self-soothing. You need to be reliant on yourself. I can't help you. Mm -hmm. Not only don't I need you, but I don't need to help you. I don't need to be there for you.
0: Yeah.
1: And it is very, that unhealthy form of independence is um, triggered when independence is challenged. So that causes distress, anxiety, and frustration. If someone challenges that independence, boom, anxiety, distress, frustration. Yeah. So, Be very aware, like when you start working on not being codependent, be so aware that you don't swing to the other side of that pendulum into independence where you start thinking, I don't need anyone and Mm. no one needs me. Mm,
0: That's really good to note. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, that's the sneaky side of it. You don't think that that's going to be bad,
1: but those things are not healthy. Both extremes are unhealthy. So like I said before, the middle of the pendulum is healthy dependence, which we call interdependence. And Grayson mentioned the circle picture before where um, the two circles on top of each other were codependents. The two separate circles were... You should say that.
0: I actually didn't say that in a separate one yet. But just oh, okay. so you guys know the, how the codependence one is a circle is like... Really, t- enmeshed together, like loss of self, mm-hmm. uh, but super connected, over connected. Yeah, and then there's in- no,
1: there's no distinct circle. There, the yeah, you circle, can't yeah.
0: tell at all. And then independence is two separate circles. So that's a picture for you that mm-hmm. they're very self-sufficient and independent mm-hmm. of each other, but there is no connection at all.
1: So then the interdependence is like a Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, where the circles cross over, there is, there's connectedness in the middle. There's similarities. So you and someone else share similar interests, you share passions, you share certain things in your life, but they're still um, distinct, two distinct circles. Mm -hmm. So interdependence looks like prioritizing self-care. Knowing your identity in Christ. Um, I think that's where healthy, healthy interdependence actually needs to stem from, is knowing that By myself, I have worth and I have value because of who Christ is. Mm -hmm. And anyone that comes alongside me, I want to have a relationship with. I want to serve. I want to receive from. um, But I'm okay with who I am. I don't need that person to complete me, to fulfill me. I don't need to fulfill them.
0: Yeah.
1: It also looks like having boundaries, letting others make their own decision, letting other people have boundaries, having Mm -hmm. boundaries for yourself. So that's respecting someone else. If someone else says, you know what? I just need some time to myself. Um, I'd rather not be together tonight. Okay. The response, the interdependent response would be, all right, great. I could use some time to myself too. Mm -hmm. Let's enjoy ourselves not together. Yeah. Just respecting Um, that. Respecting that boundary. So building self-worth and valuing yourself, practicing self-compassion, being authentic to self and I think a lot of these self things can relate to other people as well. So practicing compassion for other people, building up their worth, or reaffirming their worth and their value, um, not in a way that it feeds your identity, but in a way that recognizes who they are. Clearly communicating your wants, needs, and expectations, regardless of anxiety of how others might respond. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Hopefully, maybe we can get this list on show notes. Yeah. Um. Because I think there's so many good ones here that I want to go into more, but we don't have time for. Yeah. Um. Do not focus on what you can't control. Letting go of control. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can't control your response to what I'm saying right now. I can control my response, but not yours. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to try to control yours. Boundaries boundaries boundaries. Yeah. Is such a healthy thing in interdependence and knowing your identity in Christ, having your boundaries and respecting other people's boundaries breeds healthy interdependence.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing I want to make sure to get out to you guys is like a list that I have of affirmations to challenge codependency mm-hmm. and, and just a couple that come to mind. We won't I won't read like the whole list, but a couple that come to mind is like Saying to yourself, I am okay mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I am okay regardless of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one that I go back to a lot for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to have needs regardless of the needs around me. Um, I'm allowed to say what I need to say regardless of disappointment from Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm allowed... Um, to say no, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of things, but ultimately it is, I'm okay to do this or to feel this way regardless of other people. That's my word that I go back to a lot, regardless of other people.
1: With the caveat that you are still loving and respecting yeah. other people. Right. So this is not an excuse to go... Disregard people. You Disrespecting, disregard people. Disregarding. But in the, coming out of codependence, it's you are you have permission to do these things whether Mm -hmm. or not yeah
0: yeah you're not going to be disrespecting you're not going to be disregarding people like this doesn't
1: mean you just go say and do whatever you want and doesn't matter what other people think yeah but you're not wrapped up in their view of you or their response of you right you're
0: not contorting yourself for the other person um and you're not disregarding yourself just like that quote responsibility yeah. for a relationship with others needs to coexist with responsibility to self yep so it has to be hand in hand um so yeah those are just a couple we'll link those but um make sure you keep saying like i'm okay regardless of other people mm-hmm. um but yeah so we want to end with some resources some treatment i think candace will share that with us
2: yeah so therapy that is the answer (laughs) to a lot of different things surprise (laughs) yeah I mean getting a good therapist will be really helpful and like digging into where your codependency may Mm -hmm. stem from and like where it might be like most like hurting your life, so just talking it through with someone who isn't actually in your life would be really helpful. Plus, mm-hmm. like therapists know what they're talking about, so it's they, not can like they have a degree or anything. Yeah. So there's that, and then we have two books here, also by Melody Beattie. So kind of like we had mentioned before, Codependent No More, and then there's the Language of Letting Go. So those are two really good books that you can read to mm-hmm. learn more about it.
0: Yeah, I really
2: like the Language of Letting Go
0: because. I love Codependent No More, but if you're like, I'm so tired, I don't think I can read a whole book, The Language of Letting Go is kind of like set up like a devotional almost where it's Mm. like daily, it has like a little like two or three paragraphs for you to read to like help you think through like how you challenge this, and it uses AA language, so keep that in mind, it's like, you know, higher power, like your Mm -hmm. God or whatever, but I always just insert like the one true God to that, and then she has like a little like mantra or a prayer at the end Mm. like really helping to ask God's help to challenge these things um so that's really cool I like the language of letting go
1: love is a choice is another Christian book too and I forget who it's by I can never remember the author but we can link it we'll we'll look
2: at we'll google it because we love google and we'll (laughs) link it for you guys but love is a choice yeah all right well that's our episode for you guys today and can't wait to catch you next time yeah bye bye bye